Yeah, they had us the first half. I'm not gonna lie. Oh, could be Wayne. I think I got my swagger back. Oh, oh. I love it, baby. Them orange britches. Something about them orange britches. Ball hit high in the air in the right field. Going back to Sayre. And Tennessee can say hello win column. A grand slam in the bottom of the ninth. You can't draw it up any better. We just won a basketball game, and we're very happy right now. I made up my mind. I don't expect to ever look back. I'm going to stay at the University of Tennessee. Yeah! Rid it, dit to do, and welcome into more important issues. It is Sunday, March 13th. It is March Madness. Your Tennessee Volunteers are SEC Tournament champions after a dominating run this week. It didn't just come together on Sunday after some hard-fought results. It was done in dominant fashion with the identity of this team at the forefront in that defensive just stronghold held A&M to 50 points, their lowest amount this year. I don't want to dwell on the negativity that has come over it because of the just, I mean, I don't, I mean, just a shaft, all-time shaft job from the committee being a three seed. But, Landon, we're SEC champions for the first time since 1979, I might add. It feels like not 79, right? I think it, I, I, it does. And I think it's time to get to the biggest moment everyone came here for. I, I don't know how to build it up anymore. Um, we have more nets to cut down. Those in Tampa yeah. were not it. We're going to send these this to Rick Barnes to put in his office, right? We should, yeah. Along with the one for today. Okay, perfect. We're going to do that. Um, I've already cut my net down here today that you can see my background. Great time getting to do that with uh, Josiah, uh, Folky, and the and the boys. That was uh, every kid's dream. No big deal. Um, I got to do that. You didn't. You, you, Landon's going to get to do it, though, right now. So yeah. um, let's let's get it real quick. Let's. I'm going to get the music going. I don't know how long this is going to play for. It doesn't seem very Let's long. So you want to get – you already got a champion's shirt on. Yeah. Don't look at the ear, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is the moment we've all been waiting for. The The goal that matters in this tournament is the one coming down right now. Let's, let's get it, Landon. And he's got the ladder. This is what you came for. This is more important issues, folks. If you're listening on the podcast on Monday, I'm, I'm sorry. You, you need video, but we've got it. Yeah, don't hit yourself on the fan. That would be terribly funny. This is beautiful work. Oh, he's doing – I mean, have, have you done this before? I have. What's going Woo! Go balls. Home. Be home to me. Good. Oh, Rocky Top. Rocky Top, Tennessee. Thank you, Coach. Thank you. That all-time moment. Shout out to Landon. I, I do. I did tell my bomb a new neck. Does that fit over Let's your neck? Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Everyone, get your net out. I hope your I hope your son doesn't have a basketball goal to shoot on tomorrow. Um, Cutting nets. A lot of bubbles. Cutting nets. You love it. This won't be the last one either. I'm so, 
Not at all. Not even the last one this season. Let's be clear about that. What a man! What an all, what an all-time performance by this team, dude. Just soak it in. Enjoy it. I just love the. We always hate the defense wins championships, but man, when it actually comes about, it just feels so good. Oh, it's it's just straight vodka. So. I hope it is. I hope it is. Um, I mean, dude, I just for all the for all the we talk about all the thoughts of Rick Barnes, you wouldn't want anybody else as a coach for for everything that's happened for this team to to culminate in this season, this SEC basketball season, to culminate in that championship performance. And I think you had to have some some things go your way. Of course, the tournament played out. I don't know if it could have played out better. Outside of you'd probably rather be that one seed, maybe not now with AM going on the tear, but what a what an all-time year for the ball so far. What an all-time performance this weekend in Tampa. It's great to be a Tennessee ball, man. It is it I can't think of anything better. The videos today, you had grit doing snow angels. I'm sorry, grit. Friend of the pod. That was a terrible snow angel. I gotta got I can't be biased <laughs> towards you. Great video. You made it up with the chug. Um Nah, it's fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah, you had Ziegler in um, some shades. That was pretty dope. You had uh, Folking shedding some tears. Just a roller coaster of emotions today. And just think about, like, what a month, month and a half ago, we were thinking, like, oh, this team is probably getting beat in the first round of the tournament. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, really I mean hard, like, we could win the damn thing. I uh, I have not enjoyed the Final Four names or you know that people have tossed around how good t- this Tennessee team is. Just makes me nervous. How can you not watch the performance this this week and think, yeah, this is every bit of a Final Four team? Yeah, giving up an average of fifty seven points. Um, you beat a Texas A and M team today that beat Arkansas, beat Auburn, beat Florida. You beat Mississippi State, um, who, I mean, they're not very good either. But they do have some bigs and, and the SEC leading scorer and uh, Molinar. And then you beat Kentucky, who, along with Tennessee, is thrown – their name has been thrown out there for a Final Four. So, yeah. and you kind of whooped up on them for 40 minutes. Yeah. I, again, I don't want to dwell on the negative, but we thought coming into this week, this was a three-seed minimum. And you do that, it, it just feels like – I don't know. You can't convince me Kentucky doesn't move up if they win the SEC championship, but I digress. Oh, yeah, they're one seed, 100%. I digress. Um, what a what a, what a tournament. Here's a good thing. What a, I like our draw. Like, I don't hate our draw. I don't think – Villanova, yeah, they're, are they a decent team? But you're going to – play a decent team in the Sweet 16. I don't think they're – I know they beat Tennessee earlier this season, but that was a different Tennessee team. I think Tennessee whoops up on Villanova. Okay. Um, I like our chances with a, with a couple bigs this time. You know, the guys that have come to their own this time around. I certainly yep. agree with them. I don't hate our draw at all. That's the only thing that's probably kept me from coming unglued about it. Yeah, I think uh, the Kansas draw. No, the which one's Kentucky in? Is that Kansas? No, they're with Baylor. Uh, no, they're yeah. Hold on, I've, I've got it all here. I can 
I need to pull it up on an actual screen that I can look at. Kansas is there. Let me tell you this, just Um, while you're looking that up, Tennessee's defense, this is the uh, percentages of the opponents they face this weekend from the field. 39.6%, that was against Mississippi State. 34.4%, that was Kentucky. 31.4%, that was Texas A&M. So, I mean, just – I mean, destroy them. If you can't make yeah. contested threes and you're letting, you know, Tennessee's guards get up and down the floor the way they were this weekend, you're not beating Tennessee. A guard play, like, I mean, you've been harping on it too with, with Auburn tonight, uh, especially this week, and then um, how good Tennessee's is. You've been, you've been harping on that. And Tennessee's guard play is – that's what's got to make you just kind of foam at the mouth thinking as a fan, this is a year to – really make a run um been phenomenal guard play all the two seed in kansas uh kentucky is with baylor oh yeah kansas got a freaking cakewalk compared to everybody else (laughs) they do have to play if they make it to the elite eight they are on that iowa side i'm not high on iowa but a lot of people are yeah i mean they're they're people that can make shots but i thought purdue should have beat them today and they just refused so I don't know. Yeah, they led for a while in the second half, um, but that wouldn't have changed anything apparently. So who cares? Why'd they even play? Yeah, not a great day for betting. I don't know if you bet today, but I did not have a good day. No, no, there weren't any teams for me to bet on. I ain't bet on Tennessee. That's for dang sure. (laughs) Sorry, no offense, Tennessee. It just I won't do it. Also, I bet on on Tennessee. I won that one. Speaking of bets, I know people are probably wondering about the hair bet. You can you can still make me shave it if you guys want to, but Tennessee has. Won an entire tournament with this hair on my head. Why would I cut it now? Is my only argument. I mean, I, I'm with you, but I also would love to see you shave your head. And and we're even and we're even on unfulfilled hair bets. So we're even. Yeah, but yeah, that's true. We're even. Deal. It, it was both. <laughs> Both of the beds should not have taken – like, it should have not have happened. Yeah, no, I don't – I mean, I don't know what was wrong with me that night. I, I apologize to the people out there. This is – I'll make notes app apology. I'll, I'll do that. <laughs> I am sorry, though. I'm very sorry. But, no, that's uh, – no, didn't gamble. Um, hardly any this weekend. Did through most of the semifinals. But um, it's March. It's – I mean, gambling during March is fun, but I lose more often than not. Yeah, you're going to lose a lot of money. Uh, my advice, stop the spreads. The spreads, stupid. Yeah. Don't play. You're going to get back covers. Just, just. Yeah, go, go bigger on money lines. Stay away from spreads. Yeah. Um, well, I know the last time we talked, the Vols uh, hadn't played yet. So, I, I know we don't need to recap every game by game or anything like that. But uh, first, I want to ask you, what's the biggest uh, – you mentioned the guards. Is there anything beyond that? What's the biggest thing this weekend you saw that's going to carry Tennessee starting next Thursday night? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that they they cause – like their length, not only at the guard position like Josiah, um, Kenny Chandler's got a seven-foot wingspan, but I think Urosh, um, Adu, Brandon Hunley-Hatfield, Fulkerson, those are – tall guys that like make it difficult it's already more it's already difficult to drive in on our guards with how quick they are 
But once you get past them, then you got to go over the top of, you know, a seven footer, six eleven, six ten guys. I mean, that's that's tough. Um, so I, I was really impressed with just putting a body on a body. You know, they made it tough on Shibway. They made it tough on Garrison Brooks. Um, Texas A&M doesn't really have a, you know, dominant big man, Coleman, I guess. But, um, you know, they just made it – they make it difficult. Um, You know, the stats might not – you might not see that in there, but uh, they do make it difficult on teams, and that's why you're seeing the average from the field in the 30s every single game. Yeah, I I like it. I feel like this this is a – I mean – You've seen this defense out of Tennessee for, you know, since Rick Barnes is a lot, uh, has arrived, but it feels like it's they're able to play the defense that's been in place the whole time. You have the quick guards, um, you know, that can that play the the entire top of the key. Don't give away a lot of open threes. Um, and then talk about the inside game. And that presence has been elevated so much since, since Brandon Hunley Hatfield started playing better. Um, and then Urosh, when Urosh plays physically, um, plays physical, oh my, he's – get the offensive end work in and, and he could be a really, really good five for you. Yeah. hundred percent. Again, he just makes it difficult. Yeah. Um, just using that big body, just putting it like leaning on Shibway for, you know, I don't know how many times they're in the game at, at the same time, but it was a lot. So 20 minutes of a, just a big seven footer, just leaning on you. That's gotta get under your skin a little bit, especially, especially if you're like what she was like six, eight. Yeah. So, I mean, that, yeah. that's a lot to, to handle, and, you know, it, it affected him. I mean, he got his, but it, it took a lot out of him. And then, you know, you, you see him foul out with, like, what, four minutes to go, and then you have Coach Cal clapping in the official's face, and <laughs> somehow they're still getting calls at, at the end of the game. It makes no sense. But, uh, but yeah, super – before I go on a rant with that, just uh, <laughs> the rush has been impressive. Fulkerson – he looked like the Fulkerson of old today. Yeah, and that lineup that's been good all year with um, the three guards, Josiah and Fulkerson, that you've gone to late in games, I mean, today just really – they started it maybe it seemed like a little early, not not super early, but um, felt like they played it more throughout the game. And and when that lineup was in, and just stepped on their throats and, and really didn't let a hold of – or let go of any lead. Very impressive lineup there that – that lineup could very well win you games in March. Yeah, I think they cut it down to five at one point, and then I think that was when the the Scofie just he got a he got fouled on a three pointer, so hit off three free throws. He got a steal. He hit a three. I mean, it was just any time that they would you know make it get back in the ball game, Tennessee had an answer for them. When we talked about Rick Barnes' defense, Vescovi, who I thought has played good defense since he's arrived, he just always seemed like a step behind. When you talk about this year, he looks like he's gotten so much quicker. Is that play just not a testament to how much faster he's gotten since he's gotten on campus, that that steal on the uh, full-court press? Oh, yeah. I mean, they, they talked about it a ton on the broadcast today of just how good of a shape he's in. Um, and I can't remember what game it was. It might have been the Auburn game, but he said he says a guy came up to him and was just like, or maybe it was Texas. He was like, "Hey man, are you gonna be running this hard the entire game?" He was like, "Yeah, I am." Yeah. Um, That's why people hate him. That we yeah. found out why people hate him. Yep. But I mean, when when you're not as like down. 
as fast, as athletic as a Kennedy Chandler or Ziegler, you got to stay moving constantly to find your shot. And he does mm-hmm. that, and that's what makes him so good. Oh yeah, and he's been a, he's been so much fun to watch. Um, and then I, I'm you know going just back to today's game. I think it, today when you have a game where Zakai Ziegler just doesn't play his best, but still impacts the game in a huge way. That that's something, and it takes other guys pulling the slack, but um, like like uh, Josiah Jordan James, Kennedy Chandler, and Vescovi doing their thing. But even Ziegler's ability to come in still creates havoc on the defensive end, still pushes tempo, or is able to slow you down at times you need to. I, he didn't have the best stat line today, um, had a lot of turnovers, but still just impacts the game greatly. I know I'm riding a high today, but I, I see a deep march run. Tennessee's past the first weekend. I mean – and then, you know, mayhem sets in, of course, but this guard play and, and then Josiah Jordan-James playing the way he has, it's just so good. It, who's going to stop it? Yeah, I mean, we might be setting it up to, you know, be disappointed, but, I mean, this this is at least a Sweet 16 team. All right. At least. All right. You heard it here first. You heard it here I first. I mean, Longwood, <laughs> you take care of them. Michigan's not good. They're so inconsistent. I know they got a seven-footer, but, hey, so do we. Um, and we've shown that you're going to have to have more than a a big post presence to beat Tennessee. Right. You have to have good right. guard play and, and stuff like that, and if you don't have that, you're not going to beat Tennessee. Um, so I'm not too worried about a Michigan or Colorado State. Colorado State's really undersized. So I think you got to kind of have a complete team to really beat Tennessee. Um, and when I, when I say beat Tennessee is like, you know, Kentucky can on some nights beat Tennessee, right? Uh, Auburn, mm, uh, maybe I'm going to say they're going to be carried I, I by know, the, I know you don't believe in their guard play, but if, if Wendell Green is shooting like he did the last five minutes, that A&M game, um, if Katie Johnson is shooting everything, um, and playing the aggressive ball, he does. They have the guards coupled with the inside game to do it. Yeah. So I would say they could beat. That's a team that could beat Tennessee. Arizona is a team that can beat Tennessee. Baylor's Arizona. a team that can beat Tennessee. It's just it's not a Michigan Colorado State. I'll tell you that. I'll be very disappointed right. if we end up losing that. That's a game where if Tennessee loses that game, they're one of twenty from three, right. like they were at Texas Tech. And even this team, too, when I think when this team's going to be off, because this team started, obviously they got out to a 12-point lead before uh, A&M scored, but they were slow in the first half. They weren't making they weren't making the most of their offense possessions. I mean, it went into halftime, 20 oh, – what was halftime score? It was a low-scoring game. It was 29-20. Tennessee was being carried by defense, uh, yeah, very much sure. so. I mean, so that's that's what you're going to get even when Tennessee doesn't have its good nights. So, yeah, it'd take a bad night for Tennessee to lose to a Michigan, but I think it's going to take more than just a bad night because that defense is going to be good. Yeah, and Tennessee played two really good defenses in Kentucky and A&M. Um, you know, I think what really helped Tennessee is they kind of just kind of cruised and not let A&M back in it after they went on a 16-0 run to start start the game. Um, Kentucky the same right. way is like – it wasn't a 16-0, but you jumped out pretty quickly and uh, just kind of, you know, you didn't keep your foot on the gas, but you didn't let off either. 
Right. And I think that's what was impressive. I think Tennessee does get stuck on offense sometimes, but the defense kind of helps that. Yeah, and you talk about the way Tennessee was able to stifle the A&M run and even against Kentucky. A&M did a good job of stifling Auburn and Arkansas runs this week. That allowed them to to be in it. They would go on slumps, but they never really let Auburn truly back in it. They always kept a cushion. I thought Tennessee did that against both Kentucky and A&M. And basketball is a game of runs. March Madness is even more insane when it comes to runs. They true one run can truly make or break a win. And if you're able to stifle off a lot of their best shots, then you're gonna you're gonna have a better chance of carrying yourself far. Yep, hundred percent. I like this team, Can't man. Wait. I don't know if I was saying that a month, month and a half. I love ago, this team. But <laughs> I love this team. I mean, talent wise, I think they they definitely have the keys. Maybe I'm just biased. I mean, look at my look at back here. It's a lot of orange, but uh, I feel good, man. I feel really good. Yeah, I, I love this team. Um, I love the and, and you saw it today up up thirteen, up twelve. This team has no quit in them, and they're just so, they're a joy to watch. They're they're so much fun to watch. Um, obviously, I wouldn't be mad if Tennessee was playing ugly basketball and still winning, but the combination of the two of playing this really just hard nosed, fun offensive style of basketball, it's I love it. Can't ask yeah. for any more. Don't lose in the first. Don't lose in the first weekend, and I, I won't ask for any more. How about that? Yeah, everything else after that's <laughs> gravy. I, I think this is, you know, you got over the hump. What is it? Forty-two years, something like that. Yeah, forty-three four, years. Yeah, forty-three. Right. Um, of not winning the tournament, you won that. You got over that hump. Hey, Rick Barnes, it's time for you to get over the hump and get past the Sweet Sixteen. Yes, please. Let's. I just want no. Let's. I want to hang more banners. I want to hang a lot more banners. I guess you technically get one for the Sweet Sixteen, but then you, you just, know you I want an Elite Eight. Your, I want a Final you get Four. The I want on it. Yeah. I, does that count? I don't know. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I, I want more banners. I want more. I want them all. I want all banners. Yeah. And I want the number five jersey retired. Slash, it be given to a player that earns it. Number five can no longer be chosen; it's only given. Okay, that's a good point. I like that. It's kind of like twenty-three. Do people give out twenty-three? No, I'm just saying. Like, it's usually like in basketball, it's usually your best player. You know, something like that. Um, or ten and like LSU. It in ten in soccer. Well, ten in soccer, it's it's kind of confusing. It's it started like in I think it's more of a South American thing. Ten goes to your best player, and then it's kind of made its ways to different parts of the world. But it's more based on positional numbers. But number seven at LSU, how they give it to someone who's earned it, that kind of deal. Okay, yeah, let's do it. Number five means something around here. And if you're selling a number five jersey, name your price. I will buy it from you. Large. There's none. You can't find any. I can't find any. I can't even personalize one on Fanatic. Dang. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna I'm gonna have to text Lofton. We're gonna have to hit our boy up. See if we <laughs> can't get a see part. if we can get a number five jersey. Um and and uh, so I know we do want to talk about seeding for the balls. I, I don't know if there's a whole lot more to say about it. It's it just doesn't make sense. Um Duke being in Duke being a two seed over Tennessee 
just statistically speaking, makes no sense. Auburn, I could see they did have that. I can see it. I'm not saying I can 100% justify it. They did have, I mean, they just let off the gas as of late. That's a new thing for them. But Tennessee's beaten Kentucky twice. Um, I think they're one less win than them, but they're also a conference champion and they had to play Kentucky head to head in that tournament. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, the whole Joe Lenardi comments that uh, he was saying that, no, I don't see him as a two seed because they've been chasing Auburn and Kentucky all year. Well, if you're chasing those teams and you beat them head to head, you surpass those teams. He said head to head doesn't matter. So there's no way physically possible that Tennessee catches those teams because Tennessee had a harder schedule at the front of the SEC schedule than both those teams. Yeah, it makes it makes no sense. It's and then when you talk about chasing, Tennessee finished the regular season above Kentucky. The regular season. Yeah, he was like, Oh, they tied for two. I'm just like, oh, okay. But why did we win? Why did yeah, we win? Yeah, and then why, a why head to head. Why is head to head always yeah, the they, first yeah. tiebreaker? Because it, it counts. It means something. <laughs> I mean, there's no it's, if if Tennessee didn't play this weekend, they still would have been a three seed. That's what it doesn't make sense to me. Like the conference tournament literally meant absolutely nothing to seeding. And then during the broadcast, I mean, he's you, talking you about you get to hang a banner, right. but I don't understand it. Well, then they're talking about in the broadcast how well we do have to wait till Purdue and uh, Iowa finish. Purdue's in the same situation as Tennessee. If they win, they're ranked number nine in the country. They've won their conference title. It makes no sense. It's it's beyond. It's not. Is Purdue a two seed? Purdue's a three. But they were during the broadcast. Lenardi was acting like we still had to wait on the final for that game. Yeah, gotcha. So it just doesn't make sense why we'd wait on the final for that if Tennessee wasn't going to move. Right. I don't get it. I don't get any of the seeding. Yeah. So I just I, I, I wish we had a great answer because. Man, I mean, they're like nothing before the tournament counts. Like, what's what's the point in the postseason? We should just end it after the regular season. There's no point. And, and yeah, and the first, whoever's first in the polls, that's the champion. There's truly no reason for the conference tournament. It turns out, truly no reason. Yeah, you can only whatever. You can only get out. Like A and M, like did they lost today, but they won all those and still didn't get in. But if Tennessee's win didn't matter, their loss shouldn't have mattered. That's a good point. So I don't get it. Whatever, we won't dwell on it. Just go win, baby, win. It's that time. Nothing else to do. You got what you got ahead of you. Just win. So we're gonna move on uh, from basketball. I'm sure we'll revisit it a couple of times throughout the show. Don't worry. I'm still riding the high. I know Landon is. Um, I'm sure another guy who's probably probably was pleased to find out about a um, volunteer victory, both on the baseball diamond when he was calling it at, but his alma mater getting the SEC championship. We are welcome on, uh, welcoming on, welcoming, I can't say that, VFL Cody Hahn. Um, Cody's also calling some Saturday or weekend baseball games for the Vols. Cody, how you doing tonight, man? Hey, guys, what's going on? What's up, man? Oh, not a lot, Hello. man. It's the same thing. I hit that. That one o'clock game was at the same time as basketball, so I was trying to keep up with both as it went. <laughs> Pretty crazy. 
Man, we're uh, was... we're riding the high. We cut down some nets already. Um, I gotta I gotta replace a net up there, but um, yeah, it's it was a great weekend on Rocky Top. Yeah, I kind of caught the tail end of your conversation. Crazy how the SEC tournament didn't matter at all. I mean, they had Lenardi on right after, and he was like, "Tennessee will not move because they've been behind Kentucky and Auburn all year," which makes no sense to me, but. I think we got a good draw in the bracket. I like how it lines up. Villanova could be a tough out for us a little bit later down the road, but everybody's good at that point, right? Right. Yep. Very true. Man, Very how, true. how are you not hoarse? Is that <laughs> know, the practice man. makes perfect, or, or what is that? I don't know. This Tennessee offense, man, there, there's a lot of talking going on when they're swinging the bat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you all have had a lot of electric. I mean, there have been some big home runs, uh, not just not just your uh, everyday ones. I mean, that's got to make a guy like you happy that that was uh, known for doing a little bit of the same thing in Lindsey Nelson. Yeah, I mean, the offense has been incredible. You you look at it through and through. They got guys that can hit for power. They got guys that are hitting for average. And then I think the thing that impresses me the most is the most is the athleticism. Everybody on that team can run. Everybody can steal a base. Their pitching is as deep as I've ever seen a Tennessee team. I mean, I, I think they're poised to be as good as anybody in the conference. Yeah, you, you mentioned the athleticism. Jordan Beck, who is, you know, when you talk about a professional hitter, he kind of fits that mold. Um, you know, hits for power, can hit, you know, a 500-foot home run with, you know, ease. But he had a bump for hit today. What did you think about that? Uh, I knew it was in the arsenal, believe it or not. I mean, you look at him and you wouldn't expect it. I mean, here's a guy that's like 6'4", 220, 225-ish. But, I mean, you're talking about a guy that's a 6'5 runner. So, if you look at that on like a major league side, I mean, he's a plus runner in the big leagues right now. And and what everybody talks about, everybody sees is, is the power. And it's legit. He hit a home run last weekend against Iona, and I kid you not, I think it was like 10 feet off the ground. We're like, oh, man, that ball's hit for extra bases. And then you look up, and it hit halfway up the, up the batter's eye. So, it, I mean, his BP is incredible. It's, he's about everything you, you want. And honestly, he's hitting good. But, I mean, he started off to a slow start compared to a lot of these other guys. Yeah, yeah I had a was, really good day today. Go ahead, Caleb. Well, I was just going to say that's what's kind of been – me and Landon have consistently been talking about it, and even since after uh, the Houston series there, like it seems like everybody's getting involved. This isn't just a, a couple spots in the lineup. Tennessee's got top-to-bottom talent that, that can hit right now, and, and that offense is, is, is staggering. What's it going to – I mean, what is it from your viewpoint? How, how do you find the right lineup? Do you think it's going to be moved quite a bit this year, where last year it was pretty much same guys night in, night out on the weekends? Well, I think the, the biggest thing that could change is injuries. Like, obviously, that, that could happen here and there. But they have so many bats, like, on the bench on top of it. I mean, Logan Steenstra right now is – he's just getting a pinch hit roll here and there. And, I mean, this guy's hitting 430. They got another guy named Hunter Inslee who's kind of in the same boat, Ethan Payne. You got a freshman – you got a high school All-American in Blake Burke who's just literally coming in. All these guys are pinch hitting. I mean, they have tons of depth. But a lot of this came from from the culture. You know, Tony Vitello is a really good recruiter. They have talent in every position. They played to earn a spot in the fall, and it's carrying over. I mean, like I said, there's been some games where, where it's kind of got out of hand. 
but none of these at bats are getting wasted because these guys know their, their jobs on the line, right? Like if I have one bat at bat, there's two guys hitting 400 plus ready to take my spot on the bench right now. Yeah, hundred percent. And another guy that kind of burst on the scene this season is Jared Dickey. And every time I watch him, I'm like, dude, that kid is a professional hitter. I mean, everything like he's just poised, nothing bothers him and he just rakes. Um, so what have you seen from Jared Dickey so far this season that you're really impressed with? Uh, I mean, just his story overall is, is, is very cool. I mean, you got a, a high school kid from Tullahoma, Tennessee, Josh Elander, who was the main recruiting, he's the head recruiting coordinator, and he was the main guy that recruited him, said that he was, if he wasn't the best hitter in Tennessee, he he was right up there with him, okay? He comes in, his, his he's a redshirt freshman, his first year he gets here, He's, I wouldn't say out of shape, but his body's not prepared for the everyday workload. He gets he gets kind of lost in, in all the guys, like you think your Liam Spence, your, jo- your Jake Ruckers, the guys from last year. He kind of gets lost a little bit. So he makes a decision in the fall. It's like, okay, it's either going to stay this way or I'm going to make some changes. He changes body. He changes, atti- or he changes mentally his attitude and how everything went. Had a great summer. He came back. He learned how to catch. He's a plus runner now. He's batting at the top of the lineup. He's sixth in the nation in average right now, and he leads the conference in hitting. And he wasn't even starting. I mean, the whole thing happened from him coming off the bench. He had he started like four for four and hit four rockets, and they had to put him in the lineup, and he hasn't looked back since. Yeah, I think that ETSU game was kind of his first game where he was like, this kid's batting 800. We have no, we have no choice but to, to play him. <laughs> Yeah, and, I mean, it carried into this weekend. I mean, he had a great James Madison two-game series. I mean, he had a couple home runs in that. And then, I mean, same thing today. I mean, he made a couple outs, and they were loud outs. I mean, they were rockets hit at people. Kind of same thing you said, Landon. You kind of look at him right now, and he's, he's a professional hitter for the time being. We'll, we'll see if it keeps riding out. He's about to see some some better pitching and things like that. But he he makes adjustments from pitch to pitch. That's the biggest thing I've noticed he handles a fastball in when they start to attack him. He when he gets the two strikes, he shortens up and he works away. Um, I've just been really impressed with with overall his approach through and through. You you talk about a lot of guys coming on uh, throughout this season, whether it started in game one or um, were brought in. What is the, what's the biggest surprise for you? Tennessee lost a lot on that Omaha roster. I know a lot of people are, are still shocked to see him doing well. Um, some people barely had him inside the top 20, 25. What's been the biggest surprise for you that you're like, all right, that's been the game changer for this team since the start of the uh, season? Well, the offense is getting all the highlights, but it's the pitching. If you look at Tennessee's mm-hmm. team last year, quality team, they kind of got hot early. They kind of rode it through. They kind of got their national no- notoriety later on in the season. I mean, you went from a team that was unranked, to second in the country, rode, rode that all the way through to the World Series. And they had good pitching. But, I mean, they were relying on, you know, a freshman that had never been in that situation. Now you fast forward and you look at this team. They're starting a freshman in Chase Burns who was, a you know, first-round draft pick if if the money was right. They got a transfer, Saturday star, Sean, or Chase Dolander, who's going to be a first-rounder when it's all said and done. They got another freshman pitching on Sunday in Drew Beam, who hadn't given up an earned run in his first three starts until today. You got Blake Tidwell on the mend. We could possibly see him, and, and you're talking about a freshman All-American, pitch for Team USA. He could be back in a month. 
you got a transfer in Seth, Seth Halverson from Missouri up to 100 miles an hour. He was the pencil Saturday guy before he went down and got injured. The bullpen is, is experienced. You got Ben Joyce, who's just a lightning rod. He's coming out throwing 104. Um, that, that's what they've missed. I mean, even from like my time being there, which, which has been a while now, and, and to, up until then, <laughs> there's not been a pitching staff like this. Yeah, one of my questions was, have you ever faced, you know, in your time in the SEC and in the minors and, you know, even high school, if you want to go back that far, have you ever seen a, a pitching rotation quite this talented? No, not not depth-wise like this. Um, the only team, like, which is crazy to think about, would probably be my first year or second year in high A, and we played against the Marlins, and you're talking about Jose Fernandez was their ace. Their number two was Adam Conley, who has multiple years in the big leagues. They ran out four guys that was first-round draft picks, and then they ran out a Rob Rasmussen, who was a third-rounder from UCLA and made it to the big leagues. So depth-wise, they, they were really good. But you look at this Tennessee team, again, Burns was a first-rounder or was going to be a first-rounder. Dolander's going to be. Beam's good. Um, I've heard from a lot of scouts. Ben Joyce is maybe one of the first guys that goes off the board this year. <laughs> and then I mean, you've got another guy's like you got super senior Redmond Walsh down there who's you know almost – he's about to be the all-time saves leader at Tennessee. I mean, they, they just have so much depth, and they've got righties, they've got lefties, they've got a little bit of everything. Yeah, we've talked about this this pitching staff and just how good the bullpen is. It's uh, and then yeah, when you lay it all out like that, that makes me even more excited for it. And I don't doubt myself. I'm not going to second guess myself now. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be really excited. I'm curious to see what happens. So rumor has it, you know, Tidwell is going to be back, and, and maybe as early as Ole Miss series. Knock on okay. wood. That, that's what yeah. I've heard. So I could see them getting in a situation where if he's feeling good, he's going to piggyback with Drew Beam on Sunday. So what you're going to do there is you're going to run Tidwell out. That way, you know, everything's controlled. He's starting the game. He's loose. You know, he's ready to go. If you get two or three innings out of him, awesome. And then you're going to turn it over to the freshman who's already up 200 pitches and he's looked really, really well. So, I mean, as good as they've been, they've got the potential to be even better. Yeah, what is um, you know, you, we talk about Tennessee, and you know, we want to stay positive and everything like that. But what's one thing that if this team wants to get back to Omaha, they're going to have to either do or improve on or something like that? Oh, Tennessee's bugaboo, <laughs> base runners. Oh, that that's that's <laughs> the one thing that they have given up the most stolen bases in the SEC. You saw it last year. In conference play, not a lot of people steal. When they got out to the World Series, they ran into a Virginia and a Texas team that has quality pitching. They're not afraid to bunt. I mean, Texas leads the nation in sack bunts right now, which, you know, and part of that's the park they play in, but they can run. And, and that's what everybody's going to see. That's going to be the MO on Tennessee. Hey, they got good pitching, but Burns, Dolander, both of those guys are like 1-6 to the plate. Um, I wasn't the fastest guy in the world, but if the scouting report came out that there's a one six, I mean, you're, you're giving Evan Russell no chance to throw anybody out at all. So that's, that's the one thing that they're going to have to make an adjustment at maybe not in conference play, because again, people kind of play more for the home run, but when they get out there in a regional or super regional and they get into a team that's maybe more defensive orientated, 
got a lot of pitching, things like that. They're going to bunt and steal, and and that's going to be the team that's going to give Tennessee trouble. Yeah, I kind of like that Baylor team. Um, I think they had seven exactly. stolen bases and six yep. were in the first inning. I mean, that's – it could get ugly fast. But uh, the good thing about pitching-wise, you got the pitchers on the mound where you, you don't have to worry about a ton of base runners. But when you do, yikes. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's a good trade-off. I mean, that's the thing is you see these guys and – I mean, Burns is 96. He's been up to 100. Dolander's kind of in the same boat. You know you're not going to get a lot of hits. Like, it, you're not going to run off six, seven, eight hits off these guys. So, it's going to push these teams to to be more aggressive on the base path. So, I think that's where the trade-out's going to happen. Like, hey, they can pitch themselves out of an inning very quickly because they can, they can rack up strikeouts. But the other teams know the same thing, and they're like, okay, time to put a little bit more pressure on them and see if we can force Tennessee into some mistakes. Yeah. What's um, – what's so back when you played, what's kind of the – and you are a hitting coach as well. What's kind of the biggest difference in the game back when you played to now? Oh, um, I just feel like – and I wouldn't even say this is just like from my time in general. There's been – really good players in the SEC across the board. I mean, you're talking like when I was there, Vanderbilt still had a Sonny Gray and a Mike Miner. I mean, Drew Pomerantz was at Ole Miss. There, there's a lot of really good pitching. But the athletes are just getting so much better year in and year out. Um, like looking at my team, we could really hit. We had some pitching, um, some really good arms. But, I mean, we were nowhere near as athletic as this team. Um the the arms i mean everybody throws like 93 plus now you know it's you got out there and it was like hey we got to get into the bullpen now you get into these games like this it's like oh i don't know if i want to get to the bullpen there's a guy sitting there throwing 100 so i think that's i think that's the biggest adjustment is everybody's just stronger and faster and i mean technology has helped a lot i mean these guys are just smarter they know how to train their bodies now and you're you're talking about adjustments with Jared Dickey for each pitch, and I don't know if this is a new thing. You know, I I didn't play at this level, so I don't know if it's just always been a thing, and I'm just now noticing it. But like every time a kid strike out, you know, strikes out, or you know, he pops out or something like that, he's going to the next hitter and telling him exactly what he saw. Is is that new, or is that just kind of old, and we're just now noticing it, or, or what is that? No, it's, it's been around for a while. Um, I think the biggest thing that helps them is the scouting reports they get. When I was there, our scouting reports were very hit or miss. I remember playing Vanderbilt my sophomore year, and they brought in a guy named Sean Beerman, all right? Lefty, on our scouting report, it said it was like he was like 86, 88, like no off speed. I'm the first guy that faces him, first pitch, 97. And I turn around and I just like look back at our dugout and I'm like, what did you get? like? Where did this come from? You know, like it was, it was unbelievable. So, but but the scouting reports are so in detail. Like they have such they they know like how the guy did the year before his freshman year, what his tendencies are, does he got a good pickoff move or not? And and that's why you're seeing the information be relayed so well. Like they've already go up and they have a plan. You know, like Dickie struck out today, and I, I know exactly what you're talking about. He went back and he talked to the very next guy that came up, and he was like, hey, yeah, that curveball does have some depth. He is able to locate it in and out. You've got to see it up. Like, you know, it may not be anything crazy. They're just kind of reaffirming what they've already seen on paper or what they've seen on video. 
Yeah, and something like that <laughs> happened um, in the Wright State game. I think Jake Jake Rucker got out, and he gave. I'm not. I don't know what he said, but <laughs> you know, if I'm Jake Rucker, I'm saying he. I'm I'm counting that as an assist. What Drew Gilbert did that <laughs> next at bat. Oh, for sure, right? <laughs> I mean, we've talked we've talked about that whole, that whole scenario on air. If you watch that one, I mean, you had number one Tennessee. They were kind of in question about being that one seed, and here they are playing a right state team. They're down to the four seed. In a normal year, right state's not a four seed. I mean, that you're talking about a two or three seed for sure. So Tennessee kind of got a bad draw on it, but they dropped down. Man, I mean that was that was the play of the regionals. I'm not saying like in Tennessee. No. I'm saying across the board. I mean, you saw that the ball was hit. I went crazy when it happened. I mean, it was just pure excitement. I mean, the first swing that Drew Gilbert took, you're like, oh my gosh. I was like, if this guy makes the same mistake again, this may be it for it. And then lo and behold, there it was. <laughs> there it went. We got the bat flip of the century. Oh like, I mean, God. it was entertainment in itself. Did you ever oh, have any bat flips? Um, so somebody asked me this the other day. I, I did I did bat flip a couple in college. Um, <laughs> I didn't do it in pro ball because you learn real quick. Like, it, it, again, it's different times, right? The, the players police the game now. It, it's fun to watch these guys show emotion. This wasn't a thing in the – like, you couldn't do this in the 90s. Could you imagine bat flipping off Randy Johnson? What do you think would have happened the very next time or, or the very next time? Like, like it's it, it just – yeah, it's just a different game yeah. now. So – Yes, the couple times I bat flip, I was excited because of the situation. I um, got dropped down in the lineup a couple of times for, you know, one reason being another, and I had a couple of pretty good games from it. I did hit a home run against Kentucky and bat flipped one time. Um, not going to say that I'm proud of it, but it was just emotion kind of took over, right? Like I, I was wanting to make a point, not necessarily to Kentucky, but maybe to my own head coach. <laughs> I like it. I like it. <laughs> You're just adding a little fuel to Kentucky. They've had a bad weekend. Yeah, yeah. Let's. Feel, I feel real sorry for them. How about you guys? <laughs> <laughs> oh, rough time. I mean, speaking of the SEC, too, this SEC continues to be loaded. SEC series finally picks back up. I think. I think a lot of all fans are excited to to get into the meat of the schedule. South Carolina Friday night in Lindsey Nelson. Is there a uh, is Tennessee your your? You don't think they're technically ranked first in the East? I don't know how that works early in. Um, but uh, I mean, is, where's Tennessee seeding right now at the end of the season? Yeah, so they came in fourth in the SEC East in preseason, which is kind of crazy. They're low, but I mean, the conference is really good. Right. I mean, obviously Vanderbilt came in right now, right. but yes, they are sitting at the top of the conference. They're fifteen and one, um, and I mean, I I really like them. Like I said, the the pitching's there. I mean. If you look at the stats in the SEC, and, I, and I'll run through some here in a second for you. I mean, they're 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 second in ERA, which is behind Vanderbilt at a, at a two point oh three ERA. They're first in the SEC in strikeouts. Chase Dolander leads the SEC in strikeouts. As we mentioned before, they've got arms coming back, so they have pitching that matches Vanderbilt's pitching in the past. You know, like I mean, that's what you think. You think them automatically in the SEC. Why is Vanderbilt good? Yeah. They have the best talent. They have the best pitchers. Tennessee's on par with him. And now you see those arms, and then you're about to see this offense. I mean, <laughs> coming into today, um, 
Okay, so the, the stats were as of March 10th for, for the NCAA, and I'll, and I'll give you more SEC because they're more updated. Tennessee was fifth in the nation in average at 350. They led the NCAA in doubles at 46, and they were first in the NCAA in home runs at 37. As of yesterday, they still got a team average of 350. So they lead the SEC in all of these stats. Batting average, slugging percentage, on-base percentage, runs scored, RBIs, doubles, triples, home runs, total bases, base on balls, stolen bases. I mean, think about that. Evan Russell leads the SEC in doubles with nine, and he's hitting seventh in the lineup. That's insane. And he's your catcher, too. (laughs) Yeah, and he's your catcher. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) That's insane. Yeah, I I picture you with, like, one of those things in, like, you know, old movies where they they just, like, a scroll, it just falls out to the floor, and that's what – that's all the categories Tennessee leads the country. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, it's incredible. I mean, it's, it's video game numbers, and it's not like they've played bad teams. I mean, they came in and they and the Georgia Southern weekend was fun. I mean, my first game I called was against the Saturday game. Chase Dolander transferred from Georgia Southern. You know, and, and this is a, this is a time where you know people transfer transfer portal. How often do you see the guy transfer? and then face his former team his first outing ever. So the big question of that was, like, how's he going to be? Like, how do you settle in in that kind of situation? Guy goes in, like, five innings of work, strikes out, like, 11 or 12 guys. I mean, he makes it look easy. So that Georgia Southern team gets swept in Knoxville, turns around and, like, knocks out, like, Georgia Tech, like, beats them, like, 12 to 4 on Tuesday. And Georgia Tech's, like, a top 15 team in the country. And and they've done really well. Um, Iona – has struggled still. They they haven't played overly well. Yeah, they're pretty bad. Then yeah. Tennessee, went, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They, they they had a rough series and it's kind of carried. But I mean, that's that's a tough situation. You're looking at a team yeah. that you know have faced. They haven't played baseball in two years because of COVID. You know, I mean, that's just mm-hmm. it's just how it's been with the school. So they're they're kind of in a rebuild. Tennessee Tech, ETSU, extremely good baseball teams. Like Tennessee Tech is like top five in the country in batting average. They hadn't lost a game going into playing the Tennessee earlier in the season. They ended up getting rained out. I don't know if that game's going to be made back up. But then you played Texas, Baylor, Oklahoma. This Rhode Island team, I think they're still – I think they finished this after the series. They're like 0-12 or 0-13. That's, that's a really good team. I mean, you're, you're talking about they put the best at bats I've seen off Burns and Dolander and Beam. They're missing – two of their best hitters that they're going to get back at some point. You mix around their bullpen a little bit, and I see them competing to win the Atlantic 10. Interesting. Wow. Yeah, okay. like they, they were not as bad as I as their um, record was. Oh, yeah. I mean, you got to go back. You got to look and see who they played, okay? They opened up with William & Mary. William & Mary is like 6-4 and four right now, and they played a lot of good teams. They went to the road and played them. They went to South Alabama. South Alabama's top ten, or sorry, they were ten and two. They win the. They've moved conferences now a little bit, but I pretty. I can try to think of where they're at right now. They're in the Sun Belt. I mean, they win the Sun Belt year in and year out. And then they played Auburn, who's like twelve and two right now. Obviously, in the SEC, they're going to be really good. And they've had to do all this on the road. Think about the travel that they've had to deal with. And then they came to Knoxville. 
I mean, we talked to their coach before the game. I mean, they met at like 1.45 in the morning at their field, flew from Kingston, oh, Rhode Island to Nashville, bus from Nashville to Knoxville, got in at like 3.30 p.m., grabbed a little nap, came over and practice, and then you get here and you, you get thrown the weather we got. They had to play a yeah. doubleheader on Friday, and then they had to play this game on Sunday in like 20 degrees. So they haven't had the, the best situation yet um, across the board. They're about to go back home. And like I said, I, I see that team really improving as the season goes on. Yeah, Cody, I do want to yeah, get that's your – uh, I mean – Go oh, ahead, Caleb. <laughs> no, you got it. Um, I, I do want to ask you kind of how this, you know, analyst thing got started for you. <laughs> uh, it was crazy. So th- – I. Tennessee had reached out for me. So so how it all works is like the games are streamed on SEC Plus Network, which is, you know, the rights to it by ESPN. But the Vol Network still kind of like runs everything for them. Like there's they're Stacia Patterson. She's like the manager of production. She, she kind of like oversees everything with Tennessee and then with the SEC Network as it goes through. So she called me Sunday before Tennessee played Georgia Southern, uh, Rusty Enzer, VFL, he's done this for like 20 plus years. He retired. He ended up, he wasn't going to call any more games. And then there's another guy named Charlie Paleo who pitched in the big leagues for the Atlanta Braves. He's done it for about 10 plus years. He also stepped down. So Stacia called me on Sunday, <laughs> asked me if I'd have any interest in doing the games. I was like, yeah, you know, I've, I've never done it before. I, I mean, I've been on camera with interviews, but I've never like called anything. And she was like, oh, no problem. No big deal. You'll be trained. We'll walk you through this. Well, my training came as interview with the Georgia Southern coach <laughs> on Tuesday, interviewed Vitello on Thursday, went straight into the booth on Saturday, never called my game a game in my life and just kind of got thrown in there. So nice. I was literally, yeah. So I was literally asking questions like in between innings. So when you put the headset on, <laughs> okay, they're noise canceling. I can hear myself talk. I can hear the play-by-play guy talk, and I can hear the truck talk. So as you're talking, you can hear yourself. When the when the truck steps in, you can't hear anything anymore. So like the first couple of times I practiced, like, you know, my mic cut out, so I quit talking. And they're like, well, you, you got to keep going. You got to keep running through like you're still live. And I was like, well, I don't know this. Like this is – so, I mean, this is literally like 10 <laughs> minutes before first pitch. So I, I had to like just figure out like how the system works, what they're telling us in the truck's coming up how to have a conversation. So I have to have a conversation like I am with you all. And they're sitting there counting down like a uh, Trey lips come home run in like five, four, three. So I'm trying <laughs> to focus on this, trying to figure out what I'm going to say next for that. So it's been a fun experience though. Um, I've really enjoyed it. Like I said, I'm learning every day. Um, and it, it gets you more involved in college baseball. You know, it's something you don't realize like mm-hmm. how much you miss until you get to get back in here and you get to see how everything works from a different perspective. Oh, that's 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 awesome, and I've I've I know Landon goes to a lot of the games. I've I've gotten the pleasure of, of listening to you on those those weekend contests, and and it's first time it happened. I don't remember if it was Landon or someone texted me. It was like, "Is Cody on the call?" And yeah, I was like, "You know, his." Me. I was like, "That voice does sound really familiar now, but I'm not 100." percent So I texted texted Adam. I even texted Jonathan. I was like, "Flip over to the game and tell me." So we had to we had to figure that one out, but definitely enjoyed it. And um, yeah, what's your schedule? You know what the schedule looks like for the whole season? Are you on? Most weekends, all weekends, how does that work? Um, it just depends right now. Um, so Rusty and Charlie stepped down. 
So there's been a little bit of shuffling with things, how things are going on. I know Chad Bell, former Southville Cherokee, he's going to be calling some games as well. He's, you know, he's coaching at Johnson University. So I think he's going to try to do some Wednesday and Sunday games as well. Um, and then I'm, I'm going to be – right now I'm, I'm trying to let Chad get in and get some games under his belt too because – as of right now, what I know is like I'm the only color guy at the moment, and th- and they're trying to get a couple of younger guys in there to to get it moving. But I could possibly be doing the next midweek game against Western Carolina, and I'll probably be doing the Friday game against Missouri right now. But we're we're kind of just playing it by ear because they're trying to build people in at the same time right now. Gotcha. What? Cool. Yeah, we're super excited to to see you and the rest of this baseball team. I do want to ask, you know, you were uh, the 10th player in Tennessee history to win the team's triple triple crown, which is home runs, RBIs, batting average. You let in hits, I think, doubles as well. Um, you know, with pitchers in the MLB, they're always checking them now. Did anybody ever try to check your bat? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I feel like I'm getting set up right here. <laughs> oh yeah. So, so you know, obviously, I, I played in the era where the, you know, and if you're familiar with college baseball, I played in the same time as the Eastern Blue Stealth. So I was the class right before the the BB Corps, right? And there there is like a running joke that you know Cody Hans the poster boy for the BB Corps. Um, so, so Tim Corbin's at Vanderbilt and he's been a big advocate. Um, so what would happen with the, with the East and with the stealths? So after you hit with them over a certain amount of time, the, the eventually the, the inner core of the barrel would start to break down and, and it sounded really funny. Like, I mean, it was more of like a, like a thump instead of a ping. So w- when the bat was good, like the hottest it would be is when it was sitting there and it sounded awful. It sounded like thump, thump, thump. But it only had like X amount of swings in it throughout the year. So, I mean, Vanderbilt's the last series. Like I said, I've had this bat the whole entire season. So it's finally starting to wear out. Their, their season's on the line. They're, they're kind of a bubble team. I mean, you're talking uh, – they had Mike Miner, Sonny Gray, Caleb Cotham. I mean, they had three or four guys that pitched in the big leagues. They ran in a situation to where we we won Friday, Saturday, which was kind of a miracle. And then we had a crazy game Sunday. Weather was – we had a bunch of rain delays. The game had stopped a few times. Um, we ended up taking the lead. They took it back. We went into extras, and I hit a, a home run oppo. So, it's like I'm getting like halfway around second base, and Corbin's already like out of the dugout. So, like when I get up and I touch home, he's like, that bat needs to be checked, like blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Uh, so long story short, they go and they pull my bat. They send it off to the NCAA for testing. And, you know, it, it comes back that there was nothing wrong with the bat um, in general. But he, he got upset because I hit a home run off Sonny Gray in the Saturday game. And he came out and he was like, it's the farthest ball I've ever seen at Vanderbilt. It's never, you know, nobody's ever hit one like that before. And we've had pretty good hitters. And I was like, yeah, but. It's also Sonny Gray throwing 102. Like, you can get mad at me for, for hitting the ball out of the yard. Maybe we need to back the mounds up a little bit. You got a freshman throwing 102 right now. Yeah. So, so it was it was a little bit of the environment. Like, it was hot. You know, adrenaline was flowing. 
he was throwing hard. I ran into a ball and, and that's kind of where, where it all happened. And then like the very next year, the BV core kind of got installed and the home runs dropped down and uh, they've been playing with it ever since. And, and that, that it's kind of fun, right? I mean, we like to watch the mm. games. Now you've watched Tennessee and you see all these video game numbers. The bats are still the same. Like they, they have to get tested before every series. They can only register like the, the, the hottest the ball can come off the bats, like one Oh two, I think. If, if it has like any dent or anything like that at all, the bat has to be thrown out. What, what college baseball has done is they put in a new baseball. So they're playing minor league baseballs. Like they're playing the equivalent to like what a triple a ball is. And, and major league baseball will say, Oh, we don't change the baseballs or anything like that. It's a bunch of baloney. Like that. They're definitely like tighter woven or something. And, and it's helped with the offense again. Def- the pitching and the defense was so far ahead for a little bit. This ball's being reintroduced. Now we're seeing home runs go up. And, I mean, it's making it a more exciting game. Yeah, more bat flips. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so what you're saying is you are not a huge Vanderbilt fan. <laughs> <laughs> you said that. I did it. <laughs> we, we, know, we know based on your shirt we're good. <laughs> They're, they're definitely, if, if it comes on a fan list for me, they're definitely not at the top. I'll just go ahead and say that. <laughs> I, I do want to ask Blood. you, because um, I'm kind of setting you up again, but is there a former coach that uh, that really kind of touched you in, in your playing career? Uh, the first one that pops to mind is my high school coach. Obviously, you guys are familiar with him, was Robbie Howard. Um, the way he handled himself and the way that he handled us as players was something I've carried through my entire life. Um, Not only did he make me a better player, he made me a better man. And I don't know what else you could ask for in a coach. Um, I've been blessed. I've had a lot of really, really good coaches. I had a a minor league coach named Joe Aralt. He caught for the Atlanta Braves. He was there with like Chipper Jones. He's got a World Series ring. He was kind of like the bullpen catcher. But I had him for three of the four years that I played in pro ball. One of the smartest baseball minds I've ever been around. I mean, he just your, your typical catcher. He's seen everything. He knows how to move people. He knows how people are getting pitched. And he was an ultimate players guy. You know, like he didn't care. Like if you were if you're messing up, he got onto you the right way. But he would turn around like right after and he's like, hey, you know, you're my man. Like you're going to go out and you're going to do good after this. If it was a questionable call, he had your back. He's barking at the umps. So I, those two guys probably had the biggest impact on me. You know, like I said, Coach Howard, not only as a player, but as a man. And then I would say Joe Aralt from the fact of how much I learned baseball from him. Cool. Yeah, I just kind of awesome. get that. I think Coach Howard comes in here time to time. So, uh you know, definitely want to give him a shout out because he is such a great, great person, like you said. Yeah. Um, Unbelievable. And, and then he's coaching at Johnson too now. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And he I can't mean, he dude, can't stay away. That, that's his problem. <laughs> that, that's his passion, right? Like, I mean, you could sit here and you could say it all day. His passion's coaching, but more importantly, his passion is is young men and women. Like he he's he's a leader. He's a teacher. And he just can't get away from that. You know, I mean, that, that is what he is here to do. Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, I, by the way, I saw uh, we, we're going to have to get out on the golf course sometime. I realized we're friends on the Grant. I pulled it open the other day, saw that Iguani score. So we'll have to – when it gets warmer, I can't play in this cold. I, I'm 
I'm bad anyways. I can't do it to myself, but we'll have to find time for the course soon. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a part of the Hackers Club. I can hack it up with them go. as, as good as anybody. So I like it. But no, like it, it is. It's fun, man. It's been a passion. I, I, I really enjoy golf. That would probably be the one of the biggest regrets is I wish I got into golf a little bit earlier in life because, I mean, you can play it as long as you want to. Right. Yeah, we'll get Landon playing one day. I don't know. I'm too I'm too tight for that. I don't have that that Caleb and Cody money. <laughs> oh yeah. It's just pouring out, let me tell you. All right, right. Well, Cody, man, we appreciate you hopping on. I know it was kind of we got you we got you on in a quick turnaround. So I appreciate you uh working with us. And like I said, I've enjoyed you on the calls. Hope to hear you a bunch more and definitely appreciate your time tonight. It's been fun. Hey, thank you guys for having me on anytime. I mean, I'd love to come back maybe a little bit later on in the year and we can do some more Tennessee baseball updates. Maybe we can talk about the Tennessee basketball national championship. That'd be hey, something pretty right. cool, huh? Oh, I had to get I like another bet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Cody, uh, appreciate you. And, you know, if we'll probably see each other a ton. I have season tickets, so we'll be around Lindsey Nelson quite a bit this, this spring. Sounds good, man. Yeah, hopefully after Saturday we've made a turn for better weather and it's going to do nothing but get warmer from now Absolutely. on. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks, man. Appreciate you. Thank you. Hey, thank you guys. Y'all have a good rest of your night. See ya. You too. See ya. That was VFL. Cody Hahn, now calling the games analyst for uh, – for I guess he, he mentioned it was kind of Vol Network tied in, so Vol Network ESPN. Fantastic to have him on. Um, he mentioned it. I don't. I don't think we got to mention it. Sono guy as well. Um, played baseball at South Oil on a great South Oil baseball team, and uh, definitely I do. I want to get into those playing days a little bit more. I knew we were running them long. Didn't want to keep them on too long. So yeah. he talked about some of the the good teams that he was on that didn't quite have some of the success that this team's experiencing, but some some good teams. I think that's been lost in, in Tennessee baseball's recent success is there's been a lot of talent come through here, even without the trophy, even without the regional appearances and, and stuff like that. A lot of talent. Yeah. And gave us another reason to hate Tim Corbin. <laughs> that's right. That's <laughs> right. Uh, and not even for a bat flip, not even for a bat. No, just being, uh, just, I mean, just he did guy. say, he, he did say he went oppo on a walk off. So there may have been a little flip in there. I shouldn't say that. Yeah. <laughs> I'll scratch that comment from there. Um, Tennessee did get the sweep this weekend, as we talked a little bit about there. Um, against Rhode Island, you had a doubleheader on Friday and then that Saturday snow. Um, that's why you had to do that, obviously. And then Sunday win. Get the brooms out. It's a sweep, baby. Yeah, got, got the brooms. More, got more reason ready. to celebrate. Yeah. Um, yeah, just another – Good weekend of baseball, um, not weather-wise, but, you know, Tennessee played well. Jared Dickey continues to to light it up. You know, you had um, Seth Stevenson play well in the first game on Friday, and then kind of Christian Moore just continues to hit and hit yeah. and hit. Um, and it's, it's like they tr- – he didn't play the first game on Friday, but he did play the second game, played on Sunday. Dude, the – him and Jared Dickey, I mean, they've just – I think we had high hopes for Christian Moore coming in, but Jared Dickey, like, didn't really see him last year, didn't really know what yeah. he was about. You know, Cody mentioned he changed his body. I mean, you look at some of his perfect game pic- pictures and pictures from him in high school. 
He doesn't look like the same person. I was about to say unrecognizable. I think you said you either showed me one or sent me one. Unrecognizable. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, just uh. And Christian two. Moore though, that's a Christian Moore's another guy who like against Georgia Southern, um, and there before Iona, like he wasn't a guy that was popping off the radar at you. He's a guy yeah. that kind of came came later on, and you know I know we're not far into the season here, but later on than than like the Trey Lipscomb or, um, uh, uh blanking on freaking Ortega. Ortega's played well too. Um. God bless Drew Gilbert, a guy who just kind of carried off momentum. Those guys that were popping off the radar um, first series. So it's, it's, this team's loaded. This team's, and then the pitching staff. I, I know we talk about it all the time, but they're, they're just, they're that good. Nasty. Um, yeah. Couple ball. I, we went back to back the second game on Friday, almost went back to back to back to back. Jared Dickey, after the back-to-back ones from um, Lipscomb and Lipsius, I think, or is that right? You're talking about you're talking about Friday's game. Yeah. No, it was it was Scott and Lawson, and then Jared Dickey came up and hits one to the warning track, and then Christian Moore hits one. So yeah, just the. Insane. Yeah, like you said, just insane. Um, the bats are popping. You know, Cody mentioned that th- this team's pitching staff is incredible. Um, Dolander had 12 strikeouts, I think, on that second game on Friday. Um, yeah, 12 strikeouts in six innings. Gave up five hits, one earned run. Drew Beam, you know, had a decent day today. Jordan Beck really got going today. He was five for five, so – just another perfect day. Jared Dickey had three hits today. <laughs> um, you know, the, their hot hitters are just staying hot. And it's a right. time where one of your best hitters, Drew Gilbert's out with a hamstring issue. So um, hopefully you get him back this coming up weekend against South Carolina, a South Carolina team that just beat Texas this weekend. A South Carolina team that's been incredibly underwhelming and then goes and beats Texas today. <laughs> yep. It just shows you how good the SEC is. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Definitely. But I like Tennessee's hey, and- chances playing at home. I'm sure the crowd's going to be rocking. Hopefully the weather is nicer this weekend and we can, you know, fill up that stadium and, you know, have that hornet's nest that Tony Vitello talked about last season. Oh, absolutely. And, and I didn't get to ask Cody about this. I'll get your thoughts. Um, we did talk about, like, the lineup, how that looks with all these guys playing so well. He mentioned you have, like, four or five pinch hitters hitting 400. Um, pitching staff. I mean, what do you do with some of these guys that have, I mean, almost cemented themselves as starters, but won't, I mean, they won't be. And like, how do you kind of balance that? He mentioned Tidwell coming back. You do get, you do get some buffer area where you use them all, but this pitching staff's insane too. And how you go about your weekend starters, is going to be interesting to say the least. Yeah, I mean, you got options. So if one guy doesn't have his stuff, you got somebody else that can come in there and pitch right yeah. away and, and pick up the slack. I think this problem that they have right now is a great problem because I think it can really benefit them in a time like last season they ran into Hoover where you pitch your three guys already. Who are you going to throw? Luckily, they had yeah. Camden Sewell, and he shoved it. Um, 
but I mean, you have a ton of guys that you can throw in. Xander Seacrest has pitched phenomenal. Um, mm. Kirby Connell has pitched pretty good. He got hit the other night a little bit. Um, McLaughlin's pitched decent. Um, Wyatt Evans, Ethan Smith, um, just a ton of arms, like Cody was talking about. Ton of arms. Um, and I, I think the, some of those young guys are only going to get better. Jake Fitzgibbons, he's a guy that mm-hmm. they wanted to get going last year and just, number one, didn't really have to. And number two, you know, kind of ran into some freshman mistakes and things like that. But, you know, he pitched some day that was, you know, pretty good. So, I mean, that, they're a ton of young guys, and they're only going to get better. And this pitching staff, as crazy as it sounds, is only going to get better. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially when oh. they get Blade and Halverson back. And Ben Joyce, a lot of people like, like, oh, Ben Joyce is throwing 104. Cool. He can't throw it over the plate. Bull crap. That's a lie. Yeah. He I is mean, at, I mean, they're, they're, I think he had one outing where he kind of struggled a little bit finding the zone, but other than that, he's been it, – it's it's fun to watch because they're so off balance. You know, you got to sit in there and expect 104 coming at you. Yeah. But you throw a 92-mile-an-hour changeup in there, you're with him. Well, I mean, even, too, a guy throwing 104, you got to respect his ability to get it in the zone because you can't make a decision when it's out of his hand. Right. So yep. how how I mean obviously that's huge. That's a huge factor, but it's definitely not going to keep people from going after your pitch. Yeah, I mean you're not going to be able to just stand up there and he's going to walk you, like some yeah. people were. You know, I heard somebody the other night at the game say that that oh here he comes, you can't throw it over the plate. Uh, that's not true at all. I don't know what games you've been watching so far, but if it was that guy I was making fun of, I don't feel bad anymore. <laughs> Uh, I no longer. It wasn't him. All right, no, all right. Now I feel bad again. Um. <laughs> anyways, weekday game, Eastern Kentucky. That's Tuesday, and then you start off home series, South Carolina. Friday night in Lindsey Nelson. Like Landon said, make it the Hornets' nest. Let's yep. get rowdy. Get real rowdy. That's a six thirty tip off or six thirty Friday game. I want to know what the tip off will be Saturday if. Yeah, that that's what that's what kind of sucks th- about this weekend and last weekend is it's kind of just I think it kind of lined up last year where you had a away game. I mean, it's it's just when they're at the same time, it's hard to get people. It, it was pretty cool to get there on Friday and seeing everybody have their phones kind of propped up and you know yeah. also watching the game. But yeah, it's hard to get people in the stands when they're trying to watch some basketball too. Yeah, and and I don't think it takes away anything from the baseball program. I think the baseball should understand how big a game today was and that Oh yeah, 100%. It's not anything against them. You know, it's just hey, Tennessee fans they showed you last year. Tennessee fans will be there. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I mean, if we're switching the years if it's like last year, they're probably going to the baseball game instead of watching. No, I mean, not Tennessee's not playing today. Yeah, yeah, but, not but a, Tennessee's not playing in it. Right, right. So, But if you have the then, choice, you know, watch Tennessee play, I don't know, 
Auburn or play. You, you know, the, the Kentucky game. Like last, yesterday, there would have been nobody at Lindsey Nelson. Number one, because it was freezing cold. Number two, <laughs> you're playing Kentucky. Right. Right. It's hard to compete with that. Yeah, but it's good. Hey, Tennessee's an everything school. Um, sure. I, Friday Friday will be a sellout. When are we already. giving Danny White the credit? When do we start Not giving yet. him a little bit of credit? None of these guys are his hires, if we're looking at just that. I understand it takes more than just a hire to make a program happen. But right. But, I mean, uh, th- things seem to be trending in the right direction. So, I'm, I'm going to start – how about, how about this? I believe in Danny White. I'll say that. I believe in him. Let's let's get through let's get through football season, then I'll tell you how how much credit I give him. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Let's get through football season. We'll reevaluate. We, we'll be right, back next March. Thir- segments yeah. real quick. I don't know what happened there. Um, segments, yeah. Most important of the week. Yeah, or do we have any questions? Have we had any? Only we have bad about checking Twitter. I'm sorry um, if, if people were asking questions there. Joe, uh, we have any videos from the welcoming home? Anything good popping off on Twitter here? Are, are you a champion? I'm champion. <laughs> hey. What? hey, don't worry. I got everybody pieces of the net. Don't worry. I got to pick coming up to all your those, house. All those coming to your house. Rumor. I expect these bad boys framed. Damn straight. Guys, most important. Most important. I'm going to go first. Shane Lowry, ace on 17 at the players this weekend. So I'll argue this is probably the most iconic hole in golf. Do you know the 17th landing at players? I can't say that. Okay, Island Green. Do you know the one I'm talking about now? The one surrounded by water? You know oh, that? yeah, yeah. I, I do know okay. that. Yes, yes, yes. I would say one of the more iconic holes in golf. It, it's up okay. there. Just everyone knows the, what it looks like. Joe, do you, you know this? Oh, yeah. 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 Landon's the only one. Yeah. <laughs> Landon. But Shane Lowry hits an ace on 17 today. Only in the They're only in their second round because there's been so many weather delays. But, dude, hole in one in golf. You can't get much better than that. Uh, it doesn't yeah. matter. No, nothing matters because Tom Brady's coming back. Tom Brady Bro. is coming back. I'll – <laughs> I'm just like coming back to Tampa. Let, you couldn't even let the selection just happen. You just had to drop that right in there. Oh yeah. It's like I mean, we finally got a segment on ESPN and it was interrupted by Tom Brady. <laughs> it's ridiculous. But he's going back to Tampa, right? Yeah. I think there were a lot of rumors he, if he came back, it was for San Fran. No, I so, think it's because no, no, they're, no, uh, they're it their now. Super Bowl yeah. odds went from like twenty two hundred to seven fifty. Yeah, I'm just yeah, saying. Trent I think a lot of people were expecting him to to go to San Fran if he came back. That's all. Not. Uh, do you have any most importance, uh, Joe? Yeah, I uh, I know I'm supposed to be retired from betting. All right, lay off. <laughs> what do you want me to do? It's Mark. Okay, I'm not. Okay. All right. It's allowed. It's allowed. In my last 21 games, I'm 19 and 2. I am hot. Oh. I am scorching. Don't oh. touch me. I'm scorching. I'm killing it. Too, er- 
Too early? Joey Locks? Yeah, I might. I, I feel bad for not giving out my picks like throughout the week. I really need to. But I know the moment I, I do, I'm going to go downhill. That's the problem. I'm just, I'm riding the high right now. I respect it. I'll, I'll, I respect that too. I'm getting no, into I don't it. think you need to. I'm getting into it dirty too. Like, I'll do like, what was it last night? I took a, like, I'll take the team to win and then I'll also take the other team's cover and I'll double down. And it's, I'm finding the right zone. It's, it's fantastic. Dang. Jeez. That's yeah. tough. Yeah, yeah, that is. I'm just I'm shelling out picks. I'm like the Pope over here. I'm like my buddies are like, oh, don't take it. I'm just, I don't know. Iowa nailed it. <laughs> Dang. So do you have Iowa to cover or Iowa to win Purdue to cover today? Hey, I have a money line. Money line, okay. But did, did, well, I don't even know what the Iowa spread is. I don't bet on Iowa. So yeah, I don't, I don't know like what the Purdue spread is. I think you. I think it was um, three and a half. Okay, they wouldn't. That wouldn't hit. Then they end up winning by six, seven. They got away from them at the end. Oh my god! But yeah, uh, almost ten. I, I I didn't know if he took Purdue to cover after the Iowa win. That's what I was asking. Yeah. Um. Yeah, don't I? I mean, I would like them, but I don't want to ruin your streak. So I'm I'm good. I'll let Landon do that if he wants them. I Are respect the for, I respect the streak. I, I've been I've been terrible. So you so, said you were doubling down. You would take like, you would take Iowa to win money line, and then you take Purdue to cover. Is that what you meant? Or no, you would take Iowa to win and Iowa I, to I was the underdog, so that wouldn't work. Okay, yeah. So yeah, he would take him, if it was the like favorite. Kansas, he would take them to win and the other team to cover. Not even right. like money line, but like I took like I remember during like I think it was it was Wednesday. Duquesne was playing. Who were they playing? Was it Rhode Island? No, maybe it was. Yeah, it was Rhode Island, and I took Rhode Island's favored spread. And then I let Duquesne get close and then double down live bet that Duquesne would cover the spread. Or it was like when uh, Rhode gotcha. Island took off. Like when the, like when a team that I'm like not too high on takes a big lead, I'll just take the other team to cover. Like I, live bets are, are killing it right now. So we're going to stay hot, hopefully. Once the, once the tournament starts, we'll see if it stays hot. But Dude, we're going to get some freaking boost for college basketball. Can we yeah, stop with the NBA? No one wants to bet on the NBA. Yeah. It's not fun. It's not fun to watch. Not. Can I tangent real quick? You mentioned Duquesne. Why is there an S in Duquesne? I don't know. I don't Nobody understand it. it. I think it's just awful. I, I don't get it. I'm out on that. Um, I got another most. I got two more most importants. I don't know if you guys have any more. I'm good. Not on more. Okay. Uh, first one, John Fulgerson with the Pals Cup in his post game. Here, shout out to Pals. I only got a milkshake before. No big deal. So I live here. So, um, and then, and then, yeah, I didn't drop 45 minutes for it. So, but then uh, the Vols only trailed for, was it a minute 16? The entire SEC tournament? Really? A minute, a minute 26. A minute 26. Was that against Kentucky? Uh, some of it was for Kentucky and some of it was for Mississippi State. It was like 26 seconds against Mississippi State, 27 seconds. Hold on. 27 seconds against Mississippi State, 59 against Kentucky. That's insane. The entire tournament. I mean, that's dominant, dominating fashion. One over a two seed. One of those games is over a two seed. Doesn't matter. Honestly, yeah, really you're right. Man, did I like our, our layout better? I think we have a better chance to get deeper in the – Yeah. I like that they let Michigan in. That makes it better for us. Yeah, Criminal, but I like it. Revenge yeah. on their ass. I hate Michigan. And also maybe a Villanova rematch where we can actually beat them for real this time. 
maybe. We'll yeah, see. not a big Villanova <laughs> fan either. No. I just don't like Jay Wright and his stupid tie. Wear a quarter zip like everybody else, you bum. Or what? No, I mean, wear a freaking tuxedo vest like Buzz Williams. All right. Little right. boy at the uh, tournament. Yeah. <laughs> Work, dude. He was at the little boy is Coach Cal. Yeah. Dude, that, that lip thing he does when he's real mad, though. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? He does that He'll little do- underbite. Like you look like such a pouty four-year-old, but Buzz Williams was at half court today. He's a holy like the ball. Had, I, it's Bruce Pearl on part by take said that he set some of the best picks in the league. He's like Buzz Williams. He's the best screener we've got. <laughs> it's like thank you. We all notice, and unfortunately, little boy Will Wade got fired. The same weekend, Tennessee wins a SEC championship. Just saying. LSU, just – let's be clear. If LSU had beaten Arkansas, he would still be their coach. How big of a shit show is Georgia for hiring Mike White after he just got fired from a rival school? <laughs> yeah, that's dumb. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we don't want to be good anytime soon. But we talked about that firing last time. We were didn't know if it was coming or not. Yeah. So was was he okay? I was like, how does that buyout work? Is it offset? Because I'd pay him a million dollars. Or did he did he get fired from Florida or did he just leave? That's I don't know if he got fired. I thought he got fired. I don't think he did. I think he left. Yeah. So it was mutually parted ways. That means that means you got canned, right? Did they say they mutually parted ways? Because there's no information about him leaving. It said he left Florida for Georgia. Really? Everything I'm reading. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Somebody needs to check Mike White for CTE because that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, you're probably right, though. There is probably a mutual understanding. I'm sure. Yeah. But if if what you're if what you just said is correct, somebody needs to have like Danny White. Go get your bro. I'm 90 percent sure I'm correct. Not 100. percent I'm never 100 percent. Because that Georgia program is horrible. Bad stuff. Also. Hey. Tar Eason to the hill. Can we get him? I, I wouldn't complain. Darius Days. I mean, hey, yeah. I, I mean, you would not hear anything from me. So, also, we talked. I talked about this earlier today. I love Keon Johnson and Jane Springer, and both of them probably could have benefited from one more year. But this roster does not come together. Unless they leave. Oh yeah, Zakai Ziegler is not on this roster. If you don't have a Zakai Ziegler and what was it Brandon Hunley Hatfield or Jonas Adu that was a late ad? Um Tom was a late ad. Okay. Okay. I thought Adu got added later too. No, I think he was not 
Not like Ziegler, No, not, not that late, but he was probably later in that class, but I think he signed on signing day, so. Okay, okay. Gotcha. Okay. But this, I mean, and nothing against them, but this, ro- yeah. this roster's special. This roster's really special. So. Any fails real quick? I know we're running late, so I just want to. Yeah, it's getting it's getting after dark. I'm I'm gonna stay in a positive mood. My, my, I'm gonna lie. Last most important, Rhode Island's jerseys. I don't know if they wore them Thursday and Friday. I just listened to the games and watch. Rhodey, I love that. The front of the jersey just says Rhodey. I'm a, I'm a Rhodey guy. Yeah, big fan. Big Rhodey. <laughs> you got any uh, Landon? Um, dude, I just got Kentucky. Yes, I'll cheers to that. And their whiny ass attitude all the time. Oh, spilled that all over me. Caleb, how far down on that bottle are you? Not very far. I wasn't He's drinking. He's babysitting, it. isn't he? I decided, <laughs> I, I, just, I decided not to drink a lot during the, the – I was going to drink during the interview with Cody Hahn, but I decided I, I'd be a little more professional with the guest on, so I kept the bottle down. But uh, I've opened it, and I guess I could close it back, but I'll probably finish it tonight. Is there a little yeah. dust on the bottom? I think this is from football season. I think this is a leftover tailgate. Nice. Yeah. So probably the um, You got any more fails, Joe? Yeah. Uh the auctioneer buyer whatever who purchased Tom Brady's final touchdown ball last night for dollars <laughs> and is now last night? Something like or a couple nights ago, but I'm pretty sure it was last night and it's literally just Probably worth zero dollars at this point. Maybe worth an average Tom Brady throwing ball. But that has to be the biggest. I mean, that person has to hate Tom Brady like eternally now. Oh, yeah. I would you make him contact him and make him take yeah. it back. Yeah, you got it. He's got to hook that man up or something. That's bad. <laughs> I would. I would be angry. Oh, he's probably. Thinking I didn't this see that. Stuff. That's incredible. Oh, that man's chill. about to go through a divorce. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Sad. I love that. I'm actually kind of happy that happened to somebody, some rich dude who had nothing better to do than $500,000. <laughs> right. My uh, my last fail, which isn't really a fail, but I told myself I wouldn't tear up at the bar today, and that didn't happen. So. <laughs> tear nice. up? It's been a long time coming. It's been since the Wayne. Oh, Christmas. you did tear up? I did. I didn't I did not Good. tear up. But Dang, you and Folky on that save Wayne wavelength. I like that. Folky that really snapped. I like it. <laughs> We finished. You didn't cry, Landon? No, I didn't cry. I was excited. There was no tears in these eyes. But I just, I can only imagine. I don't know how to cry. I'd be rattled. I'm with, I'm with, I'm with Joe. I think it was more like a relief cry, though. It was like we finally did it. It happened. Yeah. Yeah. That's all it was. It wasn't, you know, it's like it's just an SEC championship, but damn, it was sweet. I definitely had like one tear, just kind of had to. Yeah, like, more it's like the end of a movie where you're like you're with people, so you can't cry, but you got that little. Like, I'm also looking while I'm watching the game. I'm looking at this shelf <coughs> that's full of Tennessee like accomplishments, all from the '90s and '80s, and that's it. I don't have a Coke bottle with any kind of recent championship on it. I need that. I need that bad. I need that yeah. stuff. So it it was a relief feeling for sure. I'm saving my tears for the big one. Also, I'm a social oh, that, crier, so like if I was at the bar and like I saw Joe crying, I would definitely cry. 
Lightning and Joe just just hugging each other. <laughs> we just had a moment. We tell everybody just leave us alone. Uh, hey, we're going to a bar for the national championship game. That net will be there, or a new net. Actually, we got to cut down new nets. Everyone gets. I'm wearing one. This. Everyone gets peace. Everyone gets oh, yeah. peace. <laughs> Can't all wait. Right. That's all I got. Boys, it's been fun. We had a great show. SEC champions 2022 had VFL Cody Hahn on. It's, it's been a great night, guys. Can't wait to do it Thursday again. We'll be talking NCAA tournament time. SEC play. It's the it's the seat. Tis the season. Tis the season, baby. And just basketball all day long. Oh, mm. oh Emily's already over it. Saturday, she's like, what are we doing? I'm watching I'm Nothing. getting my three TV set. I'm getting my three TV set up and watching basketball. What do you mean? <laughs> I was Friday night, we grilled out and I took my like little tailgate stand out there. She's like, You're watching a game? And I was like, Yeah, and I'm gonna need you to hold the door so I get this other TV out here. I was like, baseball's on. <laughs> this is like prime step counter for like college basketball. That's just exactly what <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> yesterday was bad. We barely got to a thousand. I mean, that's that's low. <laughs> yeah, I'm sitting at two eighty-six calories today so not a great day i don't i'm not gonna look at mine I also and we spring on. forward too i mean there was no way i was going to the gym yeah i love it boys all right guys thanks Cheers. for listening sec Cheers. champs here i got i got one thing we don't need an outro that's too short we need a full one here go balls <laughs>